Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Citizens of Nowhere. Every second Sunday, there's going to be a new discussion with a different member of the fashion industry, whether it be a designer, a stylist, or an academic. What brings together all these creative people is that their practice is influenced and affected by their multicultural background and life experiences, embracing the massive diversity that is shaping London's fashion scene today and dismantling the idea of a singular authentic British experience. This week, Crystal will be bringing together knitwear and community. I hope you enjoy listening. Please leave comments below and join me on this journey as this new podcast takes shape and grows. My name is Crystal Paniagua. I'm from Puerto Rico. Uh, I am a fashion designer, and I'm currently doing my master's degree in Royal College of Art, London, UK. What are your designs like? Because I know there's a lot of things that are important to your so, designs. At the beginning, I was really interested in representing Puerto Rico. What's more prominent visually for me in Puerto Rico, which are the, the colors, the vibrant energy. Um, I really love just really... Th- Things that are people that people don't really find, um, let's say, beautiful. So if it's there's a hole in a wall and there's like different shades of different paints from time, I really love that. So I was trying to incorporate that into my designs. Um, I specialize in knitwear, so my interest, my main interest, was representing that through textiles and then making the garment. So it started like that. But currently, I'm looking into community, let, let's say, working with others so they involving them into the design process and okay. bringing a so much more social value in fashion, let's say, rather than just being like looking for stars or like a star designer, making clothes up just for the sake of it. So how do you think community can be involved in design? Like, how are you? Well, I'm doing my method right now. I, I, I think I still have a lot to um, discover and explore, but... In my case, I've been developing these games, let's say like instruction manuals slash games for them to really start working in a really artistic, like an abstract way. Um, I did a textile workshop. The first exercise was with six students from RCA and they were all out of fashion. So Mm -hmm. I was working with sculpture, um, ID, which is innovative design engineering. So a lot of engineers. I worked with a... with architect students, environmental architecture. So I wanted to involve these people that don't have any, let's say, knowledge or skills in textile making or in this matter fashion to see what kind of outcomes they would create out of that. So I would give them, one of them was giving them a swatch of knit and then they would have to develop it and, and not mimic but interpret their own take in, in, in of that knit swatch into this board with strings. I gave them beforehand like a little introduction of how knit knit is constructed, mm-hmm. constructed. So, then they interpret it in their own way in this board. So it's like involving them, letting them have the control over the design process, and then from there I'm just taking elements that they created into that 
into a garment or in this case right now I'm just working on the textiles. Okay, so <laughs> the swatches that I'm working with right now. So I made every participant in the second row of round of the workshop. It was four knitters by the way. Mm -hmm. um, they had to categorize or give a word for their knits and many so one was organized chaos, one was mix and match something all of these outcomes are quite spontaneous in a way like when I'm working on them I'm just trying to mimic what they've done or take elements from their um, swatches and then translating it into my own perspective however the swatches that are next to them that was that's one of the outcomes of the of the exercises I gave them swatches with holes like holes for them to manipulate them mm -hmm. and then they had to collaborate by putting their swatches next to each other, like attaching them, let's say. So they use different uh, mediums. They use a stapler or they use thread and they went through it. Um, and from there, I'm like, I, I started taking that idea of making a garment with holes in it and uh, making it modifiable to the wearer. So that's like another kind of way I would like to go in being inclusive. How can you be inclusive other than using other people for the process? How about the wearer? Who's going to wear it and how would they wear it? I want to give them that control. I'm just providing them with the tools. They say that the designer, the fashion designer, is the one that creates the trends and tells people what to wear. <laughs> I don't really, I don't agree with that. I think that everybody has their own style and they have to, well, they, they, they're given this garment that they're going to make their own. So how can you make that? How can you translate that into fashion and not make it just this egocentric, oh, it's all about me and what I say. It's like, no, it's about us individually. How are you going to how are you gonna take this? So that's what I've been working on. I think there's a lot still to develop because me being a designer, I go back into my selfish ways or the normal practice. Like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I like. How can you do both? Or at the end, be something that you just give away and it completely changes. So that's something I'm explore I'm gonna explore in this um in this year in Miami, the final collection. Another process that I did at the beginning, designing and and influenced by Puerto Rico, was taking images of the architecture around the around uh the island, um, places I really enjoy being. Most of those images are in my grandmother's house in a house that was reno was in the process of being renovated and then they stopped. They've been living like that for years. So there's a lot of layers into this house. There's a lot of um, rawness, but yet this there's there's this character and personality that I really enjoy and I feel like it's warm, it's welcoming, although it's not beautiful. It's not a place you would like to take your family to or your friends, you know, like it's just but for me it has so much to say. Those are those images are from um uh, from that project, but mm -hmm. I, I'm still so attached to them, and I think I'm gonna take start taking out the colors from there, and maybe give it making another workshop, a color workshop, to see how I can well get colors that others have selected, let's say. Mm -hmm. But right now this is just a twelve, so I'm working with really um, neutral colors. Though I love neutral colors, I think mm -hmm. that another thing about being inclusive is making colors that you could wear any day or mm -hmm. like that you can easily wear with any kind of garment or occasion. I, I really love it. I really like the involving the community and even making a community out of fashion. And that's already done. I mean, that's what a lot of designers do now is creating a community of like-minded people that want to wear, want to be that um, 
symbol or that yeah that world. I was gonna ask because you did your undergrad in New York, right? Yeah, and you've done now you're doing your MA here. Is there a difference in like the community? Like, the way that communities are arranged in New York and here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I did two years in New York and mm-hmm. then went to Milan, and I finished the two, my, my bachelor's there. So in New York, the first day of school, they told us, oh, look around, you know, the classic one. Most of the people are not going to be here when you graduate. Like, mm-hmm. none of them are going to make it. pretty intense. So, yeah, it's intense. It creates competition. It creates this unnecessary, not hatred. I think that's a big word. But there's this hostility in the studio I did not enjoy it of course there's people and there's people but there was this you could not approach somebody and ask them what they're working on because they just look at you and be like you're not you're gonna copy me don't don't look at my work and for me that's how I started and, and, and that was the perspective about fashion this really catty community or not even a community what what kind of community is that if you can't interact yeah, with not, others yeah. that are supposed to be like-minded as you um, but it's more of a competition. Uh, and that's when I decided to go to Milan. I'm like, I either drop out, continue doing my own thing here in the city, or go somewhere else. I never been to Europe. I mean, I was born in, in, in Germany, but... Oh, really? But I, yeah, I'm yeah, a military base, and I was just born okay. there. Then we moved to the United States. So um, I've never been to Europe, never lived, so why not? So spent my two years in Milan, and that's when it, I started getting into this let's say, different perspective in fashion. Yeah, that was more creating a community. You were with other people. We had to present our work, even though in New York we did that as well. But when we were in Milan, it was presenting our work every weekly to each other just to know what we're doing mm-hmm. and to really learn from each other. And especially because if fashion is, a say, it's like an artistic creative process, especially like the level that you're doing it at, the whole point is that everyone has their own vision. Like, and exactly. to f- learn technicalities is such a privilege mm-hmm. that you then transform into your own thing. Even if everyone is learning from each other, nobody's going to end up with the same pieces. Exactly. Yeah, everybody's different. And everything has been done mm-hmm. already. It's, it, if you think about it, what is fashion right now? It's just an image. And it's just they're selling a kind of lifestyle, which is proper. It's always been like that. But... Everything has been done, and you see the same blazer, the same top, uh, cool colors, and maybe, yeah, you know, whatever's happening. And it's more about what kind of person do you, what kind of lifestyle do you want to sell? Even just in that, like, if you're trying to sell a type of lifestyle, don't you want to, like, embody that entirely? And so in the creation of your clothes, it should be also embodying the lifestyle that you want. And no one's trying to sell a lifestyle that's so, like nuclear because that's not what a lifestyle is it is about sharing yeah it's unless you actually aspects. don't live like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's like a hard thing to sell well, and it's funny because when you're doing creative practices you're you're so much in the social area like you have to meet people you you most of the creative industry is about going to events and like meeting them there or being social in the part like you have to contact people to model you mm-hmm. for you you know it's not it's not one thing that you don't need anybody you need so many people around to do anything it's it's a social life and especially in fashion it's all about being a star right now it's all about being the personality like why are we calling them stars i think anybody can be creative it's just they're going to for that in that field but i don't think it's something that to be so 
to idolize such I don't yeah. know and it takes cultivation and it takes a community to like yeah. make someone I mean I'm not saying I'm not taking away from talent no talent of course is not. completely different and I mean yeah talent goes with that and yeah you can be well recognized but uh anyway it's not my interest at the moment not not about being recognized but if not I don't want to create that kind of fashion without any meaning really mm-hmm. rather than just making clothes for the summer and weather and taking nice pictures in it I think there's so much more and thinking about all the ways that's happening do we really need more clothes are you really gonna wear that what kind of clothes are you making um what kind of meaning do you really hope that you can kind of convey or provide with your clothing that fashion can be social that fashion I mean it's not even fashion that these garments create fashion create this inclusivity and understand that anybody can be part of it but how do you take the ego out of fashion I read this really good publication by Daniel Bruchman dissolving the the ego of fashion and she talks about that how can we go away from these star designers and make fashion much more I don't know I don't want to call it wholesome either but how do we drift into something much more with more substance than Mm -hmm. just making clothes what, what does it mean to make clothes now? I don't know. I just want to take this opportunity to try to explore this possibility because I don't have the answer. I'm just trying to find something and if it could really be something achievable to take that ego out of fashion. I think there's an aspect of it, though, that's really hard is that people really want to have that star as well, especially with like social media, like all these like Instagram people that then become designers or become artists because people want a part of that. Yeah. And like to have a successful brand, like there's not a lot of successful brands that aren't run by a star designer. And even yeah. like Helmut Lang isn't run by Helmut Lang anymore, mm-hmm. of course. But there is that idea of Helmut Lang, the yeah. person who was all this creative and now the people are just kind of following in his footsteps. Even, like, a brand that's failing will, like, hire a young star designer yeah. and people will suddenly start buying it. You know, you're right. Um, but now, you know, how some brands are really... Um, it's a Kepler. I was looking at Kepler's Instagram. Mm-hmm. And now they're presenting who made your clothing, showing the, 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 the actual MVPs, mm-hmm. the people that are actually making the clothing and... I think that creates this sort of value, new value into fashion. I think that's a good um, example of how fashion could be. Like where we just see this item and people wear it and then they put it on Instagram and that's how it goes. But then like it's really good to be able to expose, let's say, the real truth, who made your clothing and how it's made and giving that like behind the scenes kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But no, I agree with you with, the Instagram and it's about that image and it's about and it's amazing mm-hmm. but I think it's once again finding that lifestyle or finding the right community for this because I know this is not going to interest everybody and mm-hmm. same as the uh, like other practices do not interest me mm-hmm. I think it's about finding the world that you want to be in and I do believe that fashion can be something much more beneficial than just making clothing and then and wearing it and looking cute I mean of course that's the whole point of clothing <laughs> you want to look good but um, you have to wear it every day, so you might as well wear something that makes you feel great. Yeah. And that's why like, I think the community thing is so interesting. It's like, I'm a part of this item of clothing. Yeah. Well, it's why hand-me-downs are amazing if you have like something from your mom or your like grandfather. Yeah. It's so much more special than something you bought. Like, I think we like that social aspect of yeah. clothing, and I think we're getting more attuned to it.
Yeah, and also it's like the story behind it. Like there's brands that you want to be part of because they're sustainable. They recycle and then they give half of their money, they give it to charity and all that. So that's what really, I think that's the new way that fashion can help the world in a way. I don't know. I think there's a lot of um, unfinished business though. I think there's a lot to explore. There's uh, Elisa Van Julen. Hulen Julen, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. She made this really cool project that she, I forget the name, it's, I think it's 11 times 17, that's her project name. And she collaborates with these brands from high end, like not high end, let's say like big names like Nike, and then takes this really, um, goes to a secondhand shop. And she makes these garments, she assembles them together. And she talks about the hierarchy of clothing mm-hmm. and how we really, we can we can wear like a Vitmont shirt and then like Celine pants and then, I don't know, Payless shoes or that's not going to be like that. But you know, something really cheap, high end to something really casual or like sporty, you know, that whole idea of taking away that hierarchy and putting that in a single line, I think is really interesting and a really good mm-hmm. way to critique what's happening in fashion. Um, so her practice really interests me. But yet again, how do you... I mean, she's making garments, but I feel like it's more of an art project. There's a lot more, and also tenets of culture. I like that whole idea of archiving fashion and, um, and showing how it's... like. She's really interested in like the messiness of, of, of it and like finding things in the floor. and like I really like her idea and, and her perspective, but yet again, that's more art. I like that the fashion aspect is like becoming an art because it's almost more accessible than like couture which was seen as an art but Mm -hmm. like it's a very removed art that only the people who can purchase it can feel a part of whereas I mean these galleries are all free and the internet is free-ish and we can can all like experience that and like engage with that as art and we can like reflect on it whereas it's very difficult to reflect on a ball gown to be honest it's like reading a book you have a point there (laughs) that she's just exposing she's just giving you the information and then you how how are you going to interpret how how will you react to it and what are you going to do about it Uh, also i wanted to ask you you know about lost and collected or founding no it's lost and collected it's this um i don't remember the name of the artist i have it all in in those books that we can talk about it after i should have books here (laughs) It's something that I'm learning now ever since I started the RCA. They t- asked me, so where's your bibliography? I'm like, ah, uh, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? I'm just doing fashion. It's like, no. you got to know what you're talking about. And what are you researching? What's some, what books are you reading? What yeah. what kind of practices are you really interested in? How are you going to make that into your own? But that also expands like, just the conversation of like, not necessarily appropriation because I don't want to go down there, but like the constant like, copycat movement in fashion. It's like, well, actually, if you reference what you're copying it's an awareness exactly i read really recently a thing about the vitmore like dhl t-shirt and i always like hated it a little bit and mm-hmm. i like, thought it was funny and i kind of done was funny to me um <laughs> but he was super humble about it he was like i had to handle dhl every single day like it was a part of my life i had to talk to dhl delivery men every single day and i packaged my products in dhl and i was like that's such a nice product then like yeah. it's you, it, it's not at all pretentious it's not at all like oh i really wanted to see uh, how this logo would do this yeah. to... no he was like oh i see this every day and i just wanted to make it a t-shirt because it was such a big part of fashion for me and there's no reason why it shouldn't be fashion yeah people are very easy to like dismiss something in fashion as like oh it's just a trend oh it's just this mm-hmm. but like usually i think people have very like lovely 
reasons for doing something. Yeah, I love that. I didn't know about that. Actually, have you read the Vistoy? Um, uh, the le- latest publication is called uh, Unauthenticity. Yeah, I have it at home. And then mine's then there in Virgil Abloh. And it's really cool. I, I really I wasn't a big fan of Virgil until I, I read it. He's yeah. really true as well. He's like, well, everything has done. What's wrong with me just putting things together? Like, that's how, that's how I'm doing it. And yeah. I'm not, he's not denying it as well. And I'm like, I like that humility. Well, if you read what they have to say about it, it's not all of this that you're putting onto it. They're very low-key. Yeah. It's just that right now, that's where business is going. Yeah. And people are really buying that shit up. Like, the hype. Yeah. Which is interesting. Maybe people are trying, in a very weird way, to be way more humble. Like, the sneaker trend thing that's, like, insane. Mm-hmm. Part of it is, like, people are wearing more comfortable shoes. Like, really, <laughs> at the end of the uh, day, women are wearing more comfortable shoes. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, I remember even five years ago, all these girls, girls my age would be going out in, like, these tiny little heels. It was awful. And, like, a lot of women are still doing that because they want to, but not because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I don't know. But I wonder if that's just a trend thing. What happens? I would like to know what happens in six months' time. (laughs) But anyway, how about a year or two years from time? Maybe heels are back. Just fashion is a moving thing. Ways of different thinking. Yeah. And what we're used to, what we think is normal, like, those, like, those, like, sock shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Balenciaga ones, yeah, yeah but even it started with like the fly knit kind of the fly knit like you would I was I never saw a sock shoe until I was like 15 yeah it's like no a, a shoe has like leather and like padding and it like protects me and then suddenly like you can see everybody's toes like <laughs> I don't know and we just get used to it like yeah. you see every other store has like a version of the sock shoe I remember when the boyfriend jean, no, the skinny jeans started getting back into style. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, like, everybody was like, ew, no, I would never wear that. And everybody wore it. And now, like, the people that were first criticizing it are wearing it now. And then, I mean, we're wearing it then. Yeah. Now it's big pants again. Or, like, high-rise jeans were so hard to find. And now there's no such thing as anything that's not a high-rise yeah. jean. Like, everything is a high-rise jean. Yeah. This is a never-ending cycle. And I think we just have to act upon your time, do it, and hope for a community to follow you, <laughs> to create that community. And that's, that's what Yohi did. That's what all these Helmet Lang did. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of being. That's what fashion is. Not just clothes. Clothes to come secondary. <laughs>